0: Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen, and so are you! (laughs) Hello, 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 hello! Welcome to episode two of Scream Queens, the horror podcast with a twist! where horror gets bent. I'm your host, I'm Patrick, and in this episode coming up we have, later on in the episode, we have our very first edition of Crapshoot, where we'll be reviewing the the straight-to-DVD liquor store slasher, whatever you want to call it, Cornered, from 2009. But first, we have a very special event to cover. Already Scream Queens is hitting the big time, because we were invited to the Gallup premiere of All About Evil in 4D. What the fuck does that mean? Well, you're going to find out. Let's take a listen to the trailer.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, Deborah Denise. The movies she makes are real. You're getting this in close up, right? The actors she kills get <laughs> final cut. <gasps> and the show is always in need of some fresh blood. What the? F- it's only a movie. <gasps> Meet Deborah. The bore. Everyone <gasps> is dying to be in her movies. About Evil.
2: Enjoy the show!
1: Coming soon.
0: Okay, that's All About Evil. Directed by Joshua Grinnell, starring Natasha Leone, Thomas Decker from the Sarah Connor Chronicles, Mink Stoll from every John Waters movie ever, and... Cassandra Elvira. Peterson! Well, yes, we're both right. Elvira and Cass- Cassandra Peterson. Now, I was very fortunate to find out about this movie, really, the day of the, this whole event was going to happen. I just stumbled across an article online saying that this... Gonna be a gory horror, uh, gory, gory horror movie. I can't speak. Gory horror movie, directed by a famous San Francisco drag queen, premiering at the landmark Sunshine Theater downtown. And they were going for this whole Rocky Horror audience participation midnight movie theme that hadn't been seen in New York in like 20 years. So immediately, I'm interested. So I turned to Mr. Brad, who's here with me, by the way. Sorry, hi. Mr. Brad. Hi. So I'm just yapping away. Hey guys. That's Mr. Brad. And also here is the cat. Because, as I've learned from the other shows that I've listened to, cats love podcasting. If you don't have a cat chewing on your wires or knocking your mouse off the table, you're not actually podcasting. But that's not the point right
2: now. Anyway. Yeah, you mentioned this to me. You you said, come in. We're going to go to this thing at midnight. And I'm thinking, oh Uh, my god. You're going to bring me to some teeny bopper straight thing. Drag me out at midnight. All nervous, worried, but... Well, I mean, I didn't know what we were in for Ryan, but I didn't think it was going to be straight, given the Peaches Christ.
0: Uh, yes, Joshua Grinnell is also Peaches Christ, the world-famous Peaches Christ. But we went. But we went. Well, I looked at his website, and I found out that he runs this show in San Francisco, live show, um, called Midnight Mass, which is they show classic cult films, and they have this whole live show beforehand, like I said, giving this whole interactive experience. The jingling you hear is the cat. Shut up, cat. So she runs the Midnight Mass Yes, 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 yes. in San Francisco. And but uh, oh, yeah, so so yeah, so in the um, ad, it said come dressed in your gory finest, and I really didn't know what that meant. I'm assuming people are going to dress up in costume, and I said, I'm not ready for that. I said, Brad looked at me all concerned, he's like, What are we supposed to wear? and I said, Um, let's just participate tonight, let's just observe rather. Uh, I wanted to get there early and you know, maybe talk to some people, you know, get some interviews if anyone was really involved in this, and everyone else seemed to be on the same boat that we were, they just dressed in normal clothes and were looking. Rather excited, but not really knowing what they were in for. Anyway, we get there, the music's blaring loud, you know, it's all nine-inch nails, and I gotta give them kudos for playing some 45 grave from Return of the Living Dead. Finally, they're announcing the show starting. Ladies and gentlemen, Peaches Christ, who, by the way, has bats in her vagina. (laughs) She does, she does. Now, they had this little short intro film, you know, kind of just introducing her, and, well, bats flew out of her vagina, like they do. Like they do. That's why I stay away. I heard bats in the belfry, but okay, shut up. Anyway, so she comes out and she performs this live number. Um, I'm a Gorgor girl, which, by the way, I took video footage of, and I lost, because I suck. And it was fun. It was a cool number, and she's got all these dancing monsters behind her. She's got you know, the Bride of Frankenstein and some alien and she-wolf and some troll that lit farts
2: or something. It was crazy. Yeah, I mean... It- to me, it was very good because I was expecting maybe some pre-show that was going to be lip-syncing and bad acting. No, she sang live, bless your heart. She sang live, the dancers were very choreographed, oh, yeah, yeah, very and tight. Right, right,
0: right, and they had evil twin ushers that were fantastic. They kind of mimicked what was in the movie, but that we'll get to that. But, in case I forget, in the movie there are these two twin girl ushers who are the scariest twins since The Shining. They're awesome! Check them out on my website. I have some photographs of them. Yes, yeah, so and then they bring on Natasha Lyonne. Natasha Lyonne was there, and she was really cool, because I know she has been effed up for a while. She had her meth problems and was in re- rehab, and nobody would hire her, but she was there, and she was very cool and very smart and very well put together, and she's fantastic in the movie, but we'll get to that! There's another musical number, which is also awesome. This video I have, and it will be all on the website, so go check that out. Um, by... Where's her postcard? Uh, the artist's name is Trixie Carr, and she's fantastic, and you will love her. And if you don't, fuck you. But, um, so finally the movie starts. Uh, Mr. Brack, can you pull up that IMDb page, please? Because we're professional and write everything ourselves. Okay, all about evil. A mousey librarian inherits her father's beloved but failing old movie house. In order to save the family business, she discovers her inner serial killer and a legion of rabid gore fans when she starts turning out a series of grisly shorts. What her fans don't realize is that the murders in the movies are all too real. Now we've seen this plot before. We've seen similar things. We just saw something like this at Horrorhound, and this theme's been bouncing around for a while. But this was fun from start to finish first of all i cannot tell whatever you're doing drop it now go see this movie i'm putting a link in the show notes to the whole t- it, the movie's on tour right now and the live show as well if it's coming near you if it's coming remotely near you go see it this is one of the best horror
2: comedies i've seen in ages i was afraid that, i'm afraid that it was going to be a very bad b movie it had this drag movement coming with it. it. It just sounds like it's gonna be low rent, bad sets, bad acting. Nope, 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 nope. And also for you straight folks out there,
0: the movie, not gay at all. There's gay sensibility to the humor, but, you know, there's really no gay subplots, no gay characters, nothing to be uncomfortable about, you cowardly bastards. But that's not the point right now. Yeah, but what Brad was saying was right. The movie looks great. It's well shot, well put together, well written. The acting is top notch. And one of the things that impressed me about it, one of the many things that impressed me about it, was clearly Peaches Christ knows her horror history. And she loves her horror history. There's so many wonderful, not even nods, but just moments where you feel this aura of John Waters and... Herschel Gordon Lewis and Roger Corman, you kind of feel, yeah,
2: they're nodding on this right now. Yes. And it's it's cool. In a way, like they're looking down at, at her and blessing her on this particular movie, not some sort of bad rap No, 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 it's not even a knockoff scene, I'm not even imitating anything. Just
0: all of a sudden, hey, this scene kind of feels like something out of fill in the blank. You know, even from the opening credits of the film, as the titles are rolling, all the titles are superimposed over classic horror movie posters. So a lot of the fun is trying to remember what that poster is like, oh, I know that one, I know that one, I know that one. Of course, I can't remember any of them now because I should have recorded this right away afterwards, but that's not the point right now either. As for the horror comedy, it's really hard to find that balance. The balance in a horror comedy is really hard to pull off. Normally, it's leaning, one far, it's leaning too far one way or the other. Either there's too much comedy and the horror doesn't work, or the horror comes on too hard so the comedy's not funny. That doesn't happen too often, but... The balance in this was top notch. The laughs just kept on coming, but so did the scares. Usually at the same time, which is a neat trick to pull off. One of the other things that pressed me there was the gore. It's gory, but not gross gory. I can't describe it. I mean, it's over the top and well restrained at the same time, if that makes any sense. Like it takes its time with the gore. It's not constantly slapping you in the face. Not every kill is a gross out. So when one is, it's a real gross out.
2: Yeah, and it it has that perfect way of of lulling you into it because you see a couple of murders happen and you don't see all the gore, and then there's one scene where you just want to pull yourself in the chair um, and just go, Mm -hmm, and look away, but you can't. You want to look away, but you can't. It's just that
0: Yeah, we're trying not to get into spoiler areas here, but um, the short films that she makes are so funny one of the things that's funny about them is that they're kind of PSAs for the movie theater about movie etiquette. You know, if you use your cell phone, this is what's gonna happen to you. It it's it's funny, You're like, yeah, you should do that to people who answer their phone in the in, in the movies. And really the acting in this is great too. Natasha Leone is she's like the gore, she's over the top and controlled at the same time. This is a thinking actress. She does this metamorphosis going from Deborah Tennis, the mouse you librarian, to Deborah Tennis, this mass murdering Film producer, director, and has elements of Joan Crawford. I was yeah, I was going to say she turns into all these like classic, you know, this air of well drag queeny characters. You know, she. It's kind of like if Betty Davis showed up in Two Thousand Maniacs, just something offbeat like that. It's just wonderfully done and just, but done skillfully and not and carefully and with affection. Again, affection is the word that keeps coming up. But the real surprise here for me was Cassandra Peterson, who is the mom of um, this teenage boy who's the hero of the of the piece. She is just wonderful. I, I didn't I didn't know she had this kind of acting shop in her. What's kind of neat there is that they have all these stock characters in the film, but they don't go the stock character route. You know, she's the worried mom, and you think she's gonna be this particular kind of worried mom that you always see that she's gonna just screw things up and be a pain in the ass. I don't want you to go to art school, you gotta do this. But what always was underneath it was, I really care for my son a lot. And, you, and she's going to great lengths to keep her son safe and happy, and it was kind of refreshing to see. And as the movie goes on, I got more and more concerned about her, Because she was too nice to survive in a movie like this. Does she? Doesn't she? Uh, And the cat just fell off the desk, (laughs) as cats do while you're podcasting. (laughs) Staring
2: anyway, into space going, I didn't fall. Anyway, didn't guys, fall.
0: It's, it's we are not, I, I'm babbling here. I know that. But I just am so eager for you, everybody to go out and see this movie if you can. The thing that is that got me, too, was that this was not just a midnight movie. This was way after midnight because we had a good, it started late. There was a good hour of pre-show. So the movie didn't start to probably 1 o'clock. So it, by the time it was over, it was getting like, Almost three o'clock in the morning, yet it was still compelling. Every, the whole audience was still completely on top of it. I know when we used to see Rocky Horror, people would go home after Meatloaf Sang. There was no feeling of that here. Everybody was in for the ride. And if you go, it will be worth the trip. I, I, there's, um, the movie is on tour. It's hitting cities all over the country for the next few months. The live show is accompanying them for a bunch of dates too in Houston, Dallas, Milwaukee, Chicago. And uh, I'm going to post a link in the show notes. Go. Yes, fucking go! Get off your fucking lazy ass, get in the car, drive to goddamn Chicago! What are you waiting for? God!
2: Fuck you!
0: Fuck you back! And now, from her performance at the All About Evil premiere, Miss Trixie Carr! Kill, kill, kill,
1: stock quality! Kill, 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 stop!
0: okay ladies and gentlemen this is the crap shoot and in the crap shoot what i'm planning on doing is delving into that huge world of direct dvd horror movie releases diving in head first and searching for that diamond in the shit pile you know and so the first movie that we're going to check out is Cornered! 2009 directed by Daniel Mays starring James Duvall and the illustrious Steve Guttenberg
1: police discovered four bodies earlier this morning all of them had been tortured and brutally murdered get the hell out of here you pervert never come back I swear the killer's got a thing for liquor stores. Four victims last night. But how would you kill him? I couldn't kill anyone. Hypothetically, Jessica. What would you do? Cut
0: off his head, I guess. And wrap him up in Saran wrap.
1: And then I'd cut him up. What do you have in mind? You line up the blade, fire that baby up, and you
0: <laughs> what was that?
1: Oh, I saw it, and it's down there in the stock room. The ways that we
0: said we'd kill him. He's down there. Yeah, so in Corner, a serial killer has been stalking convenience stores throughout whatever city this is supposed to be in, I presume Los Angeles, and killing the staff after hours. Now, our <laughs> heroes are all surprised liquor store, convenience store workers, and they decide to lock themselves in after hours to have a poker game, and whoopsie, the killer shows up. And they're all locked inside. Great googly-muggly. Where do I even start with this one? Okay, first of all, if you're going to make a movie with an exclamation point in the title, it better goddamn well be a musical, okay? Not a horror movie. Exclamation marks in your title says, Hello Dolly to me. It says, Oklahoma. It says, Oliver. It does not say, Eek, scary movie. If you're putting an exclamation point in the title of your film, I'm going to expect to see Carol Channing in it. And that's a whole other different kind of horror movie. I don't want to see it. You don't want to see it. Well, actually, I kind of want to see it. But that's not the point right now. Second of all, I don't know when this happened. I'm not sure when it became necessary, if you make a slasher movie, to make the characters not just, I don't know, the usual silly, dumb teenagers, but when they had to become obnoxious. When did it cross this line when all the characters in a slasher movie have to be so thoroughly obnoxious that you hate all of them and you can't wait to see them die? When did that happen? Because the people in this movie are just that. They are obnoxious from start to finish. Actually, the whole script is obnoxious. Uh, It's supposed to be a horror comedy, and I know horror comedy is probably one of the hardest things to pull off, and this does not do it at all. Now, apparently the screenwriter thought that just dropping as many obscene words into the script would make it funny. It doesn't, it just makes it juvenile. And, okay, I had a copy of Truly Tasteless Jokes when I was in the sixth grade, and I thought it was hilarious. And Those were funnier than this movie. It's really hard to laugh with people when you hate them. It's easier to laugh at them, but you can't even do that here. Nothing is coming across well here at all. The comedy isn't funny, and the horror is not scary. The biggest problem is that everything is telegraphed. Well, actually, it's all in the trailer right there. They tell you he's killing us in the way that we said we would kill him. So, you know exactly who's gonna die how they're going to die, and what order they're going to die in. So there's not a lot of suspense here, except for who the killer is. And, you know, I would not spoil a good movie. And this isn't a good movie. It's Steve Gutenberg! Come on! Steve Gutenberg isn't scary! Steve Gutenberg was in Can't Stop the Music with the Village People. That's scary! This movie's not scary! Fuck you! The script does really stupid things too. Like it sets up things that never follow through. Like the guy the guy who runs the store mentions at some point, this whole store used to be a turn of the century butcher shop. So down in the basement, we have all kinds of weird implements, strange saws and knives and stuff I never saw before. So I thought, hey, that's kind of interesting. Maybe we'll get to see some weird weapons that get used in weird ways. Nope, never comes up again. Can we just talk? Can I, Now I'm Joan Rivers, can we talk? Can we talk? Let's talk about the characters in this. First of all, there's Moaning Mona. Moaning Mona is the big fat black lady. And it's so funny because she's fat. See? Get it? And she eats ice cream all the time. She eats cone after cone after popsicle after popsicle. I counted. She ate seven of them in the half an hour that she was in the film. Isn't that funny? She's fat and she's eating all the time, plus she's a phone sex worker! So when she's not eating, she's talking dirty on the phone. Sometimes she's doing them both at the same time! Ah ha ha! Ah ha ha! My side! Not only is she eating the ice cream cones, she's filleting the ice cream cones, and she's fat! Isn't that funny? And then there's Donnie Donut. Donnie Donut is the other fat guy who works in the store, who eats donut after donut after donut. That's why we call him Donnie Donut, and it's funny because he's fat and he can't stop eating donuts. Even when the killer is chasing him in the final reel, he's eating donuts the whole time! Oh my god! Oh my knee! I'm slapping my knee! Oh my god! Oh... Yeah, that's about as good as it gets. And it's just, it doesn't get any better. The other ones are just obnoxious. The guy who runs the store is 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 ignorant and abusive and drinks more beer than a person could possibly drink in this time period and be standing, never gets drunk. Can we talk about contrivances here? Okay, a good, I have never seen such an elaborate plot to make sure that nobody had cell phones that work. It went on and on and on. Like, One guy falls on it while fighting off a pimp and it breaks, another one gets locked outside, another one is only getting incoming calls, and they spent so much time on this, I'm like, I get it, there are no cell phones! I mean, I complain in other movies when, you know, they always have that one person going, hey, is anyone else not getting service out here? And you're like, oh, how lame, how cliched. I'd rather do it that way and get it over with in five seconds than have it dragged out like it is in this movie. The only person who I kinda sorta liked in the whole film was James Duvall, who plays this guy who's recovering from a her- trying to recover from a heroin addiction. And he's jonesing the whole time. And everyone's just really horrible to him. I'm not sure if you're supposed to like him or not. But I just felt bad for him. Because nobody's helping him at all. And he's hallucinating. And he's seeing all these cockroaches coming at him. Whatever. It, it was kind of interesting. But he was the only one I connected with. And I started to feel bad for him. So when he got bumped off halfway through the film. I was... Sad, just because I said there's still another 45 minutes of this crap, and I don't like any of these people. The operative word there being crap. So for my first crap shoot, Cornered, 2009, (laughs) crap! Actually, it's not exactly crap. It's like one cut above crap because there were two shots in the film that made me stand back and go, whoa, that was kind of cool. But they come so late in the film, it doesn't really matter at that point. I was just happy to see it over. So Cornered, don't do it. But do not weep for me, dear listener. For the suffering that I have endured here in the crapshoot, I have suffered for thee. Bitch!
1: In the darkness of a hot summer night in 1873, in the crowded tenements of Manhattan, Nicholas Ryan and his sister Mary were brutally murdered. The savage and bizarre nature of the crime was shocking, even for the notorious Five Points district. The entire city held its breath in fear. The murderer was never found. Hidden Theater presents the Lower East Side Murder Mystery, The Ryan Case based on an actual, historical, unsolved murder, in which you take the role of detective searching the bustling streets of modern-day Manhattan. Scour dark alleys and seedy lairs to hunt down a host of dubious suspects. Search for clues. Unearth the truth. Bring justice to the slain. Come live out the Lower East Side murder mystery every Saturday night at 6 p.m. all summer long. For more information or to order tickets, visit www.liveintheatre.com or call 212-780-4787. History couldn't catch this fiendish killer. Can you?
0: Okay, before I head out of here, there's a little bit of listener feedback that I want to get to. I actually got a voicemail, and I'm going to make a point not to listen to it beforehand, so my uh, responses will be all fresh. And stuff, uh, but I do see that it's from Miss Bren from the Mail Order Zombie podcast, so let's take a listen. Hey, something. We should
2: have planned this out. We, we probably should have. Patrick, Patrick, it's his
0: brother D. Hey, brother it's D. Ben.
2: And
1: we're recording Mail Order Zombie right now, and we thought we'd take a break. Mm-hmm. Well, not even taking a break. We're actually recording right now sort of live on the show. We thought we'd call and just wow. say, we listened to Scream Queens episode one, and uh, I, I kind of liked it. I
2: liked it, yes. Kind of uh, yay.
0: This
2: sucks. I <laughs> <What> love <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to say, except that I'm excited. I listen to it. I love how funny he is. Oh. Would you say you're a scream queen? No. <gasps> Do I look like a scream queen? Uh, well, I don't... Put a bee next to me, and I'll be a scream something, but it's <laughs> probably not a queen. <laughs> a scream self-pisser, maybe? <laughs> hey, Patrick, good luck with your new show, brother. Thank you. How's that for a classy first voicemail? There you go. There you go. Uh, okay. Was that, was
1: that good for you listeners? That was, that was good for me. How do you hang up your phone? I can't
0: hang up your phone. Ah! Wow. You know, usually Brother D and Miss Brennan are so together and collected. That was kind of retarded. That was nice to hear. Yay! Thank you, Brother D, for breaking my voicemail hymen. Gross. Of course, Brother D and Miss Bren are from the incredible Mail Order Zombie podcast, which, if you're not listening to, you should be. Seriously, subscribe right now. I'll wait. Okay, I'm done waiting. Alrighty, so I believe that is what they call a wrap. So, if you want to be like Brother D and Miss Bren, and really, who doesn't, leave me a voicemail at 347-767-3509. Or shoot an email to crew at screamqueens.com. And remember, that's Queens with a Z! And be sure to head on over to the website, www.screamqueens.com with a Z, to check out all the photos and footage from the All About Evil gala premiere in New York City. Join us next week when I'll be presenting a little special something something for the Friday the 13th holiday and reviewing another movie. What it is, I don't know yet, but tune in and find out. So until next time, I'm Patrick. Remember, as my grandmama always used to say, if you don't have something nice to say, start a fucking podcast. Bye! I'm
1: hunting for witches. Some Some of the music for tonight's show Provided by Mevio's Music Service Check them out at music.mevio.com Oh yeah!